God's grace, God's mercy, and God's peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who is risen from the dead, our Savior and Lord. God raised him from the dead. But in doing so, he also changed us by his love. 1 John chapter 3, this is the NIV. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. And what is the reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. A number of years ago, I was at a museum here in town, and two little old ladies, I know that's not a good term to use, but two little old ladies came up to me I'd never seen them before, and in the middle of the museum said, which Dombrowski are you? And I told them. <laughs> something about my look, something about the way I acted, but they knew that I was part of the clan. One of the phrases I use often in trying to figure out my family is, the acorn doesn't fall far from the tree. Or uh, to paraphrase, like father, like son, like mother, like daughter. Or that one chip off the old block. It helps me understand family. Helps me understand our text today. I realize that I am a child of my parents. When I look in the mirror, often I see, as I'm shaving my father, and I must say, once in a while, I have a chat with him. That never happens to any other men here, does it? And occasionally, my wife has greeted me with my father's first name and said something, you know, and... Uh, pointing out that I have said something or done something that, well, wasn't very nice. It seems that when we refer to our parents, a lot of those times it's of the negative aspects of our parents. You're just like your father. No mother has ever said that to their children, I doubt. Now I realize that most of the references are bad traits because it seems that we tend to forget the good traits of our parents and focus on the things that we wish weren't there in our children. I'm also a father, and I gain a better understanding of my heavenly father's love and patience the longer that I live. Do I love my children? Most certainly. Do I agree with their actions all the time? I must say more now than when they were teenagers. More now than when they were teenagers. Do I agree with their all the time? No. When they were small, did they drive me crazy at times? Yes. Did I love them any less? No. I would be lying if I said no. I'm blessed at this point that they are okay and doing well, even though they're middle-aged, so 
They should have gotten it right by now. I know I didn't. I have a special attachment to my girls, my three girls. Would I give my life for them as a parent? Yes. Other people's kids? I don't know. I really don't know. But my kids I love. And there's that special tie, right? You love them. Even though a lot of the times they drive you to abstraction. And you realize that you want the best for them. When I looked at my children, I wanted to give them the best of everything. I wanted them not to see my bad habits, but my good ones. But they seem to always find the bad ones. And sometimes kids love to bring out the bad habits of their parents with their behaviors. Right, kids? Know how to bring out the bad in your parents or the silliness? If I never understood original sin before having children, I do now. And who alone do I blame for that? I can only blame myself, maybe a little bit on their mother. But what we, we made them do a lot of things that they didn't want to do. Why? Because we wanted them to be better than us. Because we know that we are fallen people and we're not perfect and we would like our children to be better than us, healthier than us, and a lot of things. And obviously we want them to be closer to their Savior than us. Because we realize that only that Savior can deal with the bad things and the brokenness and the original sin that they've inherited from us, no matter how much we love them. I am also a grandfather, which I think a bit selfishly is the best of the three. Maybe that's because this is where I am right now. I look at my grandkids, and I see in them the best of their parents. But also, I see their parents. I see some of the things that are driving them crazy, the very same things they did when they were that age. The acorn doesn't fall far from the tree, I keep saying, when they try to say, why is that child doing that? And I say, well, we had that same problem with you. It's funny as a grandparent to witness your child, but this is humanity. This is life. And when I look at how it all fits together in family, I realize this is how love and why we need love to keep families together, to keep love together, to keep hope together. As, one, as a grandparent, there's one characteristic I would wish above all others that my children have and have in abundance. A knowledge that I am not the only father with an interest in their lives, but that they have a heavenly father who loves them so much that he sent a savior to save them from their sin so that they could know his eternal love and give them what I cannot give them. No matter how much I love them, I cannot give them forgiveness of sins that will save them and give them eternal life. As I have been reflecting on our text from 1 John these past weeks, this short and simple portion of scripture has been a great way to discover not only the gift that I received at Christmas, but really what opening that gift in its entirety on these weeks after Easter means for me and my children 
and my fallen humanity around me and you too. John in his letter to the Christians at, has had as his theme the love that God has caused to be manifest through Jesus, his son, among his people. And that the mark that truly identifies his people as different, as unique, and as powerful is that they are people who know about the love of God and share that love in its entirety with others. He reminds them that in the gospel, they have heard that they have come to know a father, a heavenly father who loved them so much that he entered into the chaos of this world, died on the cross, suffered, and yet opened the way through his resurrection to eternal life. He gave them a new path that they didn't have to follow in the way of hatred and fear as they had in the past. He had also warned them that not everybody who says they are a Christian is one. He points out that there are those who prey on people's hatreds and fears and agonies. He points out how many are leading people away, focusing not on love, but on anger and hatred and things that are sinful at their heart and gather people much more easily sometimes than love does. He calls them to live righteous lives, lives of love because they have been born again. They have a different father now, and they don't have to be a chip off the old block of Adam. They don't have to be the acorn falling near the tree of hate, but near the cross, that tree that showed love in abundance. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us. What a wonderful way to describe the gift of Easter. God has lavished his love on us. Not just some sentimental love, but love. The love of that cross. A father giving all for his children whose relationship was broken, empty, and devastating. Who gave it all for children who were in fact, orphans of sin, who are blind, dead, as, John, as Romans says, blind, dead, and enemies of God. And yet he does reaches out to them as a father reaches out to his children. Why? To claim them, to restore them. And what motivates that parental love? Love. He wants them to be with him. How great is this love? It's not kind of superficial. It's a love that how great, and the word lavished, is only a small portion of. How do you describe this love of God? How great we have been lavished with God's love. So as a Lutheran, I say, what does this mean? And John answered it, that we should be called children of God. God, unlike me, was not content to leave the world as it is. As a matter of fact, I can't do anything to change the world much, but God did in sending his son. He forgave our sins at Easter, and he does each day. We are no longer orphans and sinners, lost souls, but we are called children of God. What does that mean? The nut doesn't fall far from the tree chip off the old block.
I know I use the term often, and it means a lot to me to be called a child of God. But as if to proclaim the depth of God's love, John acts another phrase that makes all the difference, and it kind of gets overlooked at the end. I can call myself anything. Others can call me anything. But that might not change a thing. Someone else can call me a Christian. And so being called a child of God may not capture what really is going on in me and around me. But John adds that little phrase that changes the universe. How great the love of God lavished on us that we call children of God. And that is what we are. Statement of fact. This is not a statement of words. It's a statement of reality. This love, this lovish love is powerful. It transforms. It changes down to the level of biology and being and divinity. The love that rose Jesus from the dead has made believers children of God. He has changed us. He has transformed us. We are heirs of the kingdom, brothers and sisters with each other because of this love of God that has transformed us. The Christian life now brings us into a new relationship with God, our Father. And no wonder that our lives are changed because we have a new Father. And that Father impacts us in our lives, how we live, how we breathe. You're here this morning because your Father has called you here to be with his family. The Christian life is not about rules obedience and discipline, though in a sinful world we might need those things. But it is being transformed. Christian life is the process of being transformed into the image of our Father. And that power comes from the Spirit and His Word. One thing, because knowing Jesus, if you really love your dad, your father, How many little kids say, when I grow up, I want to be just like my father? A few weeks ago, I got a picture from my daughter. I've received a lot of pictures from her over the years, but this one struck me perhaps because I was thinking a lot about this lesson. It showed her kneeling before a mother holding a child. My daughter was giving first aid to the child as she does so often because the hospital lineup is too long. The malnourished child also would be fed and then followed up as countless others have been in that hospital. I felt proud, but then all of a sudden I felt deeply humbled. Many years ago, I brought her to baptism. I, a sinful father, gave her to a father who could do for her what I could not. Over the years, she certainly has shown some of my characteristics, even some of the good ones. But in looking at that one picture, I realize that the nut hasn't fallen far from the tray. In sharing such love, she was showing her heavenly father's character and how that has impacted her through her baptism, just as Christians do each day throughout the world as they live lives of love that is transforming our world and impacting our world, even if some days it doesn't seem so, especially during these days of conflict and fears and chaos. He has risen as more than a statement of a fact of history. 
more than a victory cry. Each day we see so much unloving among people in our world, hatred, all sorts of things. And yet into our world, he has risen as a declaration that there is a change taking place in creation. Each day God's children are living their lives of love. They are showing the face of the Father in the midst of this world. John reminds us that there is a day coming also when on that last day we will stand before the throne of grace and we will all be gathered together and we will be, the children will be gathered to the Father and people will be able to see that we look a lot alike. We have been transformed to look like him who made us and loves us. He is risen, he is risen indeed. What do you see when you look in the mirror in the morning? Maybe you, like I, see a sinner, see someone who's kind of fallen apart at the edges. But may you also look into that mirror and say, this is a child of God. May I live this day. May the world know and see my Father, my Heavenly Father, and who I am and what I do. In Jesus' name, we are children of God. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all human understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our risen Lord. Amen. Hi, Pastor Sai here. I hope this message was encouraging for you. At Riverbend Lutheran Church, our goal is to support Christians in their daily walk with God and in proclaiming the love of Christ to a lost and broken world. We're a small and inviting congregation welcoming any and all who are sinful, hurting, seeking, or simply broken. Whether you're already a Christian and are looking for a church home or you're undecided about your faith and looking for answers, you are welcome here. We have a number of programs for all ages and walks of life. Sunday mornings we have worship followed by educational programs for all ages. Please join us. For more information, you can visit us online at www.riverbendlutheran.com, call us at 780-430-7382, or email me at pastor at riverbendlutheran.com. Better yet, stop in for a visit. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace.